0: What's up and what's happening TPE fam We're back with another episode of The Pivot Experience where our aim And goal is just uh, to push Progress over perfection Uh, Today we have a very special guest This is someone who I had a chance to Run into and get to know back in 2019 Uh, We've always uh, stayed in touch I've uh, admired and watched what he's done uh, Over the past few years And um, he's watching what I'm Doing from a community involvement standpoint Uh, This young man currently serves our city as uh, a port commissioner at large uh, where he ran in 2019 and won uh, this, the election and, and was able to uh, be in this position. I've seen nothing but positive impact um, and positive community engagement from this uh, young man. Uh, he is a walking historian for a lot of the things uh, that are good, that are great, that's happened in this city. Uh, he comes from a, uh, a family of uh, um, community involvement come from a family from, of com- community engagement it ultimately comes from and is still pushing uh, the the mindset of trying to do better uh, for the people who live here in our city um, and create opportunities for economic growth for everyone that lives here I'm talking about none other than the Dr. David Willard um, I'm, I, it was a joy and a pleasure to interview this uh, individual uh, there so this interview is jam-packed with nuggets of wisdom uh, just different things things to think about, mindsets, uh, shifts, and more. So I definitely hope you guys get a chance to enjoy this episode. Let's jump right in. What's up and what's happening, TPE family? We're back with another episode with a very, very, very special guest. Um, I bumped into this gentleman, I want to say 2019 uh, we were both campaigning uh, for different uh, positions. Um, and unfortunately for me, I, I I lost in my endeavors. But fortunately for uh, our community, this uh, young man has uh, stepped up and taken on uh, the uh, position of being the, a port commissioner at large for here here in our city. Um, I'm talking about none other than Dr. Willard. Dr. Willard, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing fine, Alex. It's good to see you
0: great great and so I just I I couldn't help whenever I started uh, tinkering tinkering with the idea of interviewing people you were one of the people who were on my list Um, I think we had a great rapport I think we had a great relationship during uh, when we were on the campaign trail you know going from place to place and uh, you were just a a very solid individual Um, and talking about some degrees of separation I think uh, I don't know if it's your aunt was one of my elementary school teachers back in the day um, Mrs. Willard uh, and I remember when they built uh the the elmo Willett library and so i i i I, I live right up the street from from that library and just to have someone of your esteem uh and and someone of your just stature on the tpe the pivot experience i'm very thankful and very grateful uh, for you to bring your insight and your perspective uh to our audience because if you don't know it or not this whole show, the whole premise of this show is to help people pivot into their next. Um, I realize that all of us are uh, different leaders at different levels, entry level, seasoned. Um, we're, we're transitioning in different seasoned areas of our lives, but I always feel like there's another level that we can get to because I feel like leadership is a never ending journey. And so I think that uh, I, I will, will serve our community well to have a voice like your yours kind of come on the show. And so with all that being said, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Of, you know who are you, uh, where are you from, what are some things that are important to you?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your show. Um, I feel the same way about uh, you when we met. You're right, it was three years ago, 2019. Uh, we met in certain campaign stops and some neighborhood commissions I think we were both speaking at, um, and I recognized in you something that this community needs, which is a young leader who's willing to uh, get out there and uh, um, you know, put himself forward to try to help this community. Uh, you got a lot going for yourself on your lot on the ball as evidence of this program and what you're doing here. Uh, you're highly respected in the community yourself. And so I'm, I'm very appreciative of being on your show and, and happy to be here. Um, so uh, a little bit about myself. So I, I'm a native of Beaumont. Uh, my family has been here. I'm the fifth generation uh, of Willards uh, that's been here in Beaumont. Uh, We've been here from the very start of this uh, community, of this city. Um, The family itself started as slaves here in Beaumont uh, and then transitioned out of slavery. And uh, each of the previous generations uh, of my family contributed quite a bit to this community in a number of different areas, education, uh, business, uh, law, of course, and uh, uh, community and civic service. And so I moved back here. I think it's been 15 years now. Can't believe that that much time has gone by. Uh, But I moved back here 15 years, went away to college, to Morehouse College, when I graduated from high school. Stayed gone for quite a while. Lived in Washington, D.C. for a long time. Uh, That's where I got into the field of education, professional education. I moved from Washington, D.C. to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I entered into uh, Harvard Graduate School of Education uh, and got uh, two masters and a doctorate degree from there in education. Uh, My mother was here by herself. Uh, She and I were the last remaining members of my immediate family. And she was getting older and was here by herself. I married a wonderful woman from Beaumont by the name of Kim Taft, that's her maiden name. Uh, And she is part of the Taft family and Mercy Funeral Home family. And I married her uh, while I was still in graduate school. Uh, And after getting married to her, Uh, both she and I decided that it was probably best for us to relocate here in Beaumont, uh, be close to our families and things of that nature. So that's what got me back here. Um, I'm currently um, the Dean of Students and Administrator at All Saints Episcopal School, which is located on Delaware Street, um, right with uh, shares uh, grounds and space with St. Stephen's Church, Episcopal Church. Well, ironically and coincidentally, it is the school that I attended uh, as a child. Uh, I was the first African-American student to go to All Saints uh, way back in the horse and buggy days. And uh, now I'm currently working there and have been working there since I moved back here to Beaumont. So that's kind of my story. Uh, In 2019, um, after, you know, getting my feet wet and and reacclimating myself to being home Um, serving on a couple of uh, uh, boards uh, here in Beaumont in various capacities. Um, uh, The opportunity to run for port commissioner uh, came about. Uh, The longtime commissioner whose place I took was retiring. He had been on the port for 30 years and um, that position became available. And I decided to throw my hat in the ring and see if I could serve in another capacity and was fortunate enough to win that election and so I've been now on the port board for uh, three years, uh, going, closing in on four. And um, it, it's, been, it's been really good. It's been really good to be back home and to serve the community that raised me.
0: Okay, <clears throat> so that that, that was, uh, uh, wow, uh, that was a massive intro. Uh, I think I might have learned a few things, and not in a bad way. I, I mean, just uh, it speaks to just <clears throat> who you are, how important you are to our community. So uh, I pre- appreciate you uh, introducing yourself to our audience. And I guess you kind of answered the question of, what made you want to become a port commissioner. But I know I cannot be the only person out there uh, that says, like, what exactly is it that you do?
1: <laughs> well, uh, my, my interest in the port actually goes back a long way. Uh, I actually worked at the port as a teenager. Uh, I was interested in purchase, purchasing a car. Uh, my father was Elmo Willard, who some of your viewers, uh, depending upon their age, may know, uh, may have heard of. And uh, he knew just about everybody in this town. Uh, he was an attorney here, knew just about everybody from all walks of life. And I wanted to get um, my first car. And I uh, went home one day and told my dad I needed a car. And I jokingly tell people that he said, well, you need a job. And uh, he knew folks who were working down at the port and um, came home and told me, he said, well, I got you a job if you want it. And it's paying pretty good. And so I said, sure, what is it? And he told me it was down at the port. At that time, I didn't even know Beaumont had a port. (laughs) And so I started working down there as a teenager, worked uh, during the summer. And so my affiliation with it and knowledge about it uh, goes back to those days, a long time ago. And that's when the port was a grain-centered port. Um, All that summer long, I threw 140-pound sacks of flour. In the hulls of ships, and filled those hulls up to where you could step right off of the, off of the flower and right onto the uh, deck of the ship, and then catch a ladder and climb down. And so when this opportunity, uh, you know, came up to run for office, um, you know there still are a lot of people in this area who were like me when I was a teenager, didn't even know that Beaumont had a port. And the port of Beaumont is one of the central links. Not only in this area and in the Gulf Coast and in Southeast Texas, but actually in the world. Uh, what a lot of people don't may not realize, because we have trucks and highways, and we have um, you know big jets and things of that nature. 85 percent, 85 to 90 percent of the goods uh, that we buy and that we need to get through our daily lives are still transported by ship. Uh, they're not transported by plane. They're not transported by rail or trucks. All of those things are used in the delivery of our goods, but the vast majority of our goods are transported by ship. And Beaumont plays a major, major part in that. The Port of Beaumont plays a major part in that. Um, It is the, uh, at one time, it's dropped down a little bit. uh, It was the fourth largest port in terms of tonnage. Tonnage is one of the ways that you uh, can measure the life and the health of a port. How much, how much, tonnage moves through a port, meaning the types of goods, the weight of the goods that move through a port. Um, and you know, the more tonnage that that port deals with, the healthier and the more life that port actually has, the more important it is. And at one time, when I first got on the port, uh, Beaumont was fourth in the nation in terms of tonnage. Um, it's number one in terms of military cargo in the country. It moves more military cargo. Uh, throughout the world than any other port in the United States of America. Um, It is responsible for billions of dollars of direct and indirect dollars flowing through this area. Um, And just not a lot of people know about that at all. It's a well-kept secret in this community. And I thought that I might be able to sort of help change that a little bit. First of all, to help the port continue to do what it does, which it does very well and then also to educate people a little bit more about about what it does and and the importance of what it does
0: man i i would say if if we were just to cut it off right here um i think we've just gained a a a wealth of knowledge because you're i mean i I think i've heard you talk about some of this stuff i recall you talking about some of these things um on the on the campaign trail but now that you've been in it for three years you've you, you, you know that blade's a whole lot more sharper um and i think just there's not enough people i agree with you that know the ins and outs and they don't have to necessarily know the details of of what's going on but just that peripheral um viewpoint you know i think is huge and it just speaks to the strength of the city and i think a lot of there's a there's a large uh, portion in two things there's a large segment of our community that think that you know there's not a lot of economy here where you just explain that there is you know um in terms of the amount of uh you said 90 to 95 percent of the goods transported is by boat and then beaumont at one point very recently was the fourth largest um port in terms of tonnage i think that speaks to the economic you know, um, impact that we have as a city, and then two, right. I would imagine, with that level of economic um, opportunity, there's jobs available. Uh, available there is there's, there's right. job availability not here in just here in Beaumont, but it's all over. And so, I mean, right. I know. Let me pivot into that a little bit. What do you? What can you speak to of the job opportunities or opportunities themselves for anybody who is interested in making this a uh, a career path?
1: Right. So that was another reason why I wanted to try to pursue this. Um, the, the maritime industry as a whole, pursuing a career in the maritime industry is one of the best careers that somebody could, could get into. Uh, it's a lifelong career. Um, it's excellent money to be made because of the importance of shipping goods you know, via ports and via ships. Um, it's always a job that's going to be in, in need. Um, and the Port of Beaumont is, is no different. Um, and so I wanted to let young people Um, who are searching for a career, uh, young people who are looking to maybe stay in this area um, and and put down, continue their roots in this area, uh, know that there are a lot of opportunities to pursue maritime maritime industry work um, and to kind of help in that manner to sort of, um, for those who are interested, to sort of uh, ease that transition for them to get into that work. And uh, recently, um, as you know, Uh, We just found out about a golden opportunity. Shade Chick, who is the Director of Corporate Affairs at the Port of uh, Beaumont, uh, turned me on to a young man by the name of Kevin Sykes, who is the uh, uh, Director of uh, Safety uh, over in Houston, Houston, Texas, um, uh, with the maritime industry there. Um, And he told us about a training program, a training program in Maryland, Uh, that is absolutely free of charge to all those who apply. Uh, Free of charge means that their food, their room and board, uh, lodging, food, uh, their tuition for the courses that they're going to have to take during this training, all of that is paid for um, once they get to Maryland and once they apply to the program. Um, You don't have to have a GED, you don't have to have a high school diploma in order to be eligible for the program. You can even have a criminal background as long as it's not a violent offense that's on your on your background. Um, you just need to apply. And uh, convened a meeting exactly one week ago, a week and two days ago, with area pastors here in Beaumont to tell them, and we brought Kevin over to speak with them and tell them about the program and Um, how one can apply. Our thinking was that, you know, the congregations in this area, uh, the churches in this area have an outreach to everyone. And by informing them, they can inform their congregations uh, about this opportunity. Um, And the thinking is, not everybody's gonna go to a four-year college. Um, People may not even go to a two-year college, but they still want to make a good living. They want to be able to raise a family. They want to be able to buy a house. Uh, And the maritime industry provides all of those opportunities for them. Um, And if you decide that you want to get into the maritime industry and you want to go continue up the ladder uh, by pursuing this in your college years, going to college and getting a two-year degree or getting a four-year degree, you can do those things and come out with with your degree and go even further in the maritime industry um, so they're, they're all different ways to approach this all different avenues to get into get into this field and not enough young people know about it so that's what we're trying to do is let them know about it
0: And I think, you know, and this is a little off script, but I think that's one of the the most important things I admire about your leadership is that you are really thinking about how do we combat some of these major issues in our community. And one of the the biggest thing is the economics. If you can uh, improve somebody's economy in terms of their their household economy, you redirect a lot of things. And right. I, I can appreciate you from as a person from this community, a person who wants to continue to, to raise his family in this community. I appreciate your leadership in that capacity thinking about, and I know it, it might just come with the job, right? But I think that I, I was at that meeting uh, when you brought uh, the individual there, and I can tell that, I mean, you didn't have to do that. You know, what I mean, and I, I feel that you you care about uh that th- this community in particular in terms of trying to make it better and trying to you know redirect some of the money back into our homes and so so people can can cannot take alternative routes. So I just want to say I appreciate you for that. And actually, what I'm going to do, um, just kind of pe- peeling behind the veil a little bit, and this is being recorded, but I'm going to release that part of this interview much earlier than i'm originally going to release this whole thing and so just to kind of i want to get the word out on that because i know you know me myself i work at chick-fil-a i know i can't one furnish jobs for everybody you know i mean not to say it's my direct responsibility but i play a role in that and um you know there's gonna there's people who need an alternative um opportunity that's going to be able to raise the stakes for them in terms of what they can do from a um, financial standpoint and so i just wanted to make sure that you knew that because i I feel like it's there's not enough people who know about that um there's not enough people that 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 have um access to the not say access to the knowledge because i know it's there but it's just getting the word out and i want to i want to contribute in that area so i'm going to make sure that that's getting highlighted for sure um, and
1: tell people that they can contact me, um, um, you know, that get in touch with you, and and if they want to reach out to me to find out more about this, um, you know, one of the things Beaumont always talks about, and it's not just me, myself, but it's people on the city council and other people who are trying to uh, steer this city in the right direction, is uh, we have a brain drain in this community a lot of the time, so we have some of our best and brightest who go away to college and they never return to this area. So we, we raise these young people. Um, they're smart, they've got energy, they've got youth on their side, they've got brains on their side, talent on their side. And then we lose them to Austin and to Houston and to Dallas and to all these other urban areas around the state. Um, and primarily, we do that because they think that there's really not any opportunity for them here. Um, there's not any opportunity for them to make a good living. There's not an opportunity for them to put down roots, buy a house. You know, all of those kinds of things. And here is something right in their own backyard that they can really go far in. They can they can start doing it right out of high school. Maybe even while they're in their senior year of high school. The Port also just started an apprenticeship program. We've got our first apprentice um, uh, internship, not really apprentice, but an internship program. We've got our first intern coming on board in the next couple of months. Um, So we've got, and that that person is uh, a senior in high school now. That intern will be a senior, is a senior in high school and going on wanting to study this on in college. Um, And so here's something right in their very own backyard that they can take advantage of and we we don't end up the community doesn't end up losing them to another area in the state of texas so that's something i really want to try to emphasize to your listeners that um, if you're interested in this if you just even want to know more about it you know you didn't know anything about it and you're like "Hmm, this sounds sound like something i might want to check out then reach out to me and I i can give you some more information about it
0: and man that's that's awesome I, I, and I'm gonna just wear that out. I don't care if people get tired of seeing it hearing it. uh, we're gonna package that thing. we might I, I i'm gonna try to get i'm gonna try to get that out to as many people as possible and I'm gonna try to get other people to post it too because it, it, if we talk about one to make our city better and safer, and all of these things the people we, we've gotta get more. We just got to get more more money in people's hands uh, the right way and and give them the opportunity to do it the right way. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I'm wholeheartedly behind that. And so uh, next thing. Um, so thank you so much for for elaborating on that i appreciate that uh next thing i kind of want to talk about and i think you've been talking about this the whole time but i want you to put it in uh some i guess your words uh, to sum it up you know, what would you call your leadership style um it, it obviously it sounds like to me that you you lead by serving first um and you've taken that and just in, in me listening to you talk but in your own words what, how would you describe your leadership style
1: well my 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 if you want to call it leadership, I don't really know if that's the proper word for it, but my whole thing can be summed up in the, uh, um, you know, Bible passage that says to whom much is given, much is required. Um, you know, I was born as I see it, I was born blessed. I was born lucky. I was born into a family, um, that had a good reputation and, um, you know, personally growing up, I didn't really want for anything. I, I, didn't, you know, I was provided the best education that they could afford to give me. Um, you know, I wasn't struggling for a meal and, and things of that nature. And I remember when I was about 10 years old, uh, my mother and father and I were talking and my father looked at me and said, you know, David, you're gonna, you're gonna get to the point pretty soon here in your life where you're gonna have a choice to make. And you can choose to either help others, or you can choose. You can say, "I don't give a blank about anybody else. I'm going to help myself." Um, and he said, "I hope that you have paid attention to your mother and myself, and have seen the decision that we made on that choice, and that you will follow suit." And you know, I was paying attention, and and so that kind of that kind of sums it up for me that um you know that that's kind of the way i was raised and it's really the way that i'm hardwired and uh and so i want to try to um i want to try to to live up to that credo that you know not to just sit here and, and not help others because the shoe could have been on the other foot i could have easily been born into a situation where things were really really hard for me and maybe both parents were there or you know, maybe we were really struggling for money and to keep a roof over our head or things of that nature. Um, and that, that wasn't my lot in life. And so I need to, to, to make sure that the people who are born into those kinds of situations, that I do what I can for them to get them out of those situations. So, so that kind of sums it up in terms of leadership style, I guess.
0: Man, I, I can't tell you just how impactful you saying that the you know what you said about your parents and 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 how through their modeling it has helped you understand the the necessity to serve and you know at the end of the day like I know me as a parent I'm not perfect um I don't do everything right all the time but I, I at minimum I want at least you know leave breadcrumbs for my kids to see that hey daddy was about serving other people you know um he, he wasn't always self-serving he he uh, earmarked time to be able to help uh, other folks advance you know what i mean and so that i that's i think as parents that's, i don't know that's i don't want to say that's not enough of that but i feel like we can just continue to do more of that we can continue to more to, to pour into uh, our children in that capacity man so i appreciate you uh definitely sharing um in that regard sharing that um You're that right, that right.
1: I really did see that as a kid. I just want to kind of tack on to that. I mean, I really did see that as a kid. I remember, um, you know, like my father had a charge account. I was growing up in the time when Beaumont actually really had a downtown. So there were stores and things like that, clothing stores. And, you know, it was a real downtown area. And, um, you know, I remember my dad, like, you know there were some teenagers, you know, he knew A lot of young people and he knew their families and you know Beaumont was a very close-knit community so basically kind of everybody knew one another um and there were there were kids who were growing up in the circumstances that I described and less than fortunate circumstances and my father would like just give them he would go down to there was a store downtown I think it was Butch Hoffer's downtown which was a, a men's clothing store and he would buy clothes for these for these guys, and you know put them on his charge account and uh, you know because they needed clothes. they couldn't afford to buy things, they had to go to school they had to you know and they just didn't have anything so I mean, I really did see this sort of thing in action, the kinds of things that he uh, he did and that my mother did um you know, and that you know other members of my family did, you know the house that I live in right now. Uh, I used to hear stories. One of the people that lives across the street has been living here since she's a, she was a child. And uh, my great aunt, who was living in this house when I was growing up, um, she was a teacher here in Beaumont. And she had a, a library here in the house with a Dewey Decimal System in place. And the neighborhood kids, she would get the neighborhood kids to come over and check out books, just like if you go down to the library, like if you go to the Elmo Willard Library and they have the Dewey Decimal System where you check out a book and so forth and so on, they would check out books and they could sit around here in the house and they could read them here or they could take them home and, you know, bring them back and check out another book. Uh, she had piano lessons going on here in the house. I mean, it's just kind of the family that I grew up in. and. So, I just am trying to do my part and 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 live up to the name that I've been given so that's that's basically it.
0: Man, uh I, I I am I am just I don't know, like a kid in a candy store. It's just the 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 rich history, uh the inspiration, honestly, you know, um when you think you're doing enough that you find out the lady had a library in there in the in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You think you think yo, yo, know, I just left a meeting from um at the chamber dealing with some some kid things and I said, All right, you know, I went spoke at a school yesterday, and like, yeah, you know, I'm doing my part and this lady she had a library. Uh I can't, you know, I don't know if i can compete with that not not to say it's about that but still though you know when when someone when you and i'm i don't say i'm competitive but i kind of am but it's like when i see somebody i mean they did that i want to be able to do that too you know i want to be able and it's all about the level of giving because i feel like as you continue to see people push that envelope it it, it just inspires you to want to do more it inspires you to want to give more man because that to me i'm again i got i i've i don't do this i don't send out clips too early I, I like i like to try to just roll the episode out when it's time to roll it out but there's so much here that i, I feel i will feel selfish just to keep it to myself so i'm gonna some of this stuff i'm gonna tease out because uh man I, I'm, I'm being blessed by it and so i'm gonna forego one of the questions uh for the sake of your time and i understand that's all right um uh, two so,
1: dogs in the background, man. I'm sorry. No,
0: it's all right. They, they 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 let me know. That's my uh my 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 two minute warning. So I'm just <laughs> I hear them. They, they they let me know. So um last That's question what happens
1: on live. You know when you're live that those kinds of things happen.
0: Nah, no, it's it's a okay man. It we're not exactly live, but uh i am going to uh i don't edit i don't like to edit i like to keep it as pure as possible so uh this is real you know uh this lets you know this yeah you know but if you could start all the way over man this might not even be a great question if you could start all the way over um and you ran into your younger self what advice would you give yourself given your current experiences now
1: you know I, i don't think i would change a whole lot because i'm one of these kinds that i've gotten to the age now this is not because of uh You know, it's not, it's it's only because I've gotten to the age now where I fully realize that I would not be where I am today talking to you and doing what I'm doing today had I not gone through the things that I went through in my past. So you got to put in a certain number of time, number of years in order to to get to that realization, you know, but um, if I could change anything at all, it would probably be, um, you know, it took me a moment or two to be honest with you to kind of really find my path you know and to trust in my instincts and my gut um you know i did go down a few paths where i was trying to follow in others footsteps you know um you know I, i tried a couple of avenues the corporate america avenue which was definitely not for me and You know, I even went to law school. I went to law school uh, where my dad graduated from law school, went to Howard Law School and tried that and just knew that law was not going to be how I was going to give back and how I was going to, you know, serve the community and just be me. And so I left law school. Um, And so and all along, all the time, when I say about trusting my instincts is even when I was going down those paths, I knew in my gut that it was not something that I really wanted to do. But you know, with corporate America, you know, Morehouse was was big on that. Um, I had a um, um, a guy who was the director of sort of um, oh oh man, I guess he would call it human relations now. But he was the one who was responsible for when you got to be a junior and senior for hooking you up with internships and you know then. Trying Trying to make sure that you interviewed with all the businesses that came through to get a job when you graduated and so forth and so on. His name was Benjamin McLaurin. and he really took a shine to me, and you know, really was very kind to me. And and Morehouse was big on corporate America and business and Fortune five hundred companies and sort of trying to get blacks into that field, you know, and to move them through those doors. And so he was really like David, you know, you just you got what it takes to do this, and you know, I'm going to guide you and help you do that. And he did. And I ended up getting an internship and uh, working in New York City one summer. And then from there, I got a full-time job at a very prestigious, very hard to get uh, position in, uh, in banking in Chicago, Illinois. Um, but I kind of knew all along, even after I finished up the internship that summer, that this was not something I really wanted to do. But you know, I kind of started down that path and we felt like, you know, I couldn't let Benny Mac, everybody called him Benny Mac. I couldn't let Benny Mac down, you know, cause he invested a lot of time in me and stuff and I just couldn't let him down. Um, but I kind of knew I didn't want to do that. And I also kind of knew I didn't want to go to law school. Um, you know, so my father gone. I got a cousin who I was really close with who graduated from Howard Law School and is still a lawyer today. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me give this a shot. So if I if I had any kind of regret at all, it would be to trust my instincts more and to kind of start on my own path uh, a little sooner maybe than I did. Um, and it was my mom that got me kind of to think about education and getting into the field of education. And from the moment I got into it, I knew like this is it. You know, this is what I want to do. Uh, I was good at it right from the very start. Um, I, you know, they told me, you know, principals and people I was working with schools says you're a natural. You know, I had never done it before, and they were like, "Yep, this is it. You're natural at this." So that would be my only sort of uh, regret. But by and large, I really don't. I don't have any regrets about any of the, you know, any of the things. I tell young people all the time, and I'll end with this: part of life is not only finding out what you want to do in life, but it's also finding out what you don't want to do in life. And once you can start scratching those things off the off the page and saying, "Nope, don't want to do that." Nope, don't want to do that. The quicker you'll get to your own path and and what it is that you really do want to do. So,
0: well, I, I mean, uh, well, thank you so much, uh, uh, Dr. Willard. I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate you just you know just sharing with us those those great opportunities. We're gonna put that out to the community as soon as possible. Um, just your story. I think your story needs to be told and it needs to be told more often. Uh, you're almost like a hidden gem. And I think we, you should be celebrated more. Um, and, and I just want to do my part in trying to give you your flowers and just kind of get your message out there. I know you're not doing it for that. I know you don't do it for that. But I just uh, want to try to just extend that appreciation to you and just what you your, your family's history and what you're currently you know blazing, you know, continuing to write in that book. Uh, that keep continuing to add in chapters to uh, of already rich history um so man, I hope uh, TPE I hope you guys got some out of that today um I thank you mr Willard uh, I keep saying Mr Willard dr willard uh, you. for your for your time and uh, and i I definitely appreciate the 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 things that you've given our audience to help them pivot and so until next time, family, peace take